This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tonight's show is dedicated in memory of John Motson, who passed away on Thursday. Arguably the voice of football for nearly 50 years, Motson brought passion and insight to describing the beautiful game for those watching from afar. For Seven I, growing up at the dawn of the Premier League era through the 90s into the noughties, we were blessed to have Motti and BBC colleague Barry Davis each adding their own distinctive take on the, this new era of the English game every week on Match of the Day. But if that Barry Davis was the poet... John Watson was the statistician, so it feels only right that here on this show, we pay tribute to John Watson in particular, a show that seeks to emulate the great man's attention to detail. Um, A man, of course, with many links to Ipswich Town and the wider Suffolk area. So for your enjoyment, here's Motti's summing up of arguably our club's greatest ever achievement. Flag is up for offside against Brazil, and Ipswich win the UEFA Cup on an aggregate of five goals to four. After a thrilling second leg here, which AZ won on the night, 4-2. Fans from Suffolk are able now to celebrate at the end of this dramatic season for their club. Nick Mills has just played his 667th senior match for Ipswich Town, and his reward for that unstinting service is the UFA Cup. The reward for his team's Enduring efforts this season. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Rich Woodard and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio and joining me as always, we haven't had a week off in ages, have we, Seb? Seb Brown, how you doing, mate? Consistent. Yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm good, thank you, mate. It's nice. The evenings are getting lighter. Ipswich battered somebody at the weekend, and we'll hopefully do the same thing this weekend. So, yeah, things are good. Fingers crossed. John Watson, um, sad news. Uh, any particular commentary memories or moments you, you can recall? 
like you said, the soundtrack to the, for me specifically, the 2000, 2001 season in my household, my folks didn't have Sky at that time. They didn't get Sky for a few years later. So the football content was ITV Champions League in midweek with Clive Tilsley, but match of the day on a Saturday night with Barry Davis, John Motson. That was my soundtrack to that amazing season when we finished fifth. I always remember the Arsenal game at Portman Road fairly early on in the season when Stewart kind of scores off his shoulder and Naylor misses a couple of sitters and yeah, Motson gets all excited and he's just an absolute legend. I remember the England game, the 5-1 when Michael Owen scored a hat-trick. We did that one obviously and I used you know me from school. I uh, I used to go and work at BBC Radio Suffolk on the sports desk and was involved in the some of the commentary stuff there. And it was all because of the likes of John Motson. You know, to me, these people were were heroes. They were absolutely top class professionals, and really, really, really sad. One of the um, the great commentary moments as well from re- more recent times for ITFC in Europe as well, which is kind of um, poignant given the commentary we played was the um, the Marcus Stewart Dink at Helsingborg. I remember that one. You wouldn't. Be aware of that one because you bunked off school to be able to travel out there and watch it. We can we can talk about that now, can't we? I think the statute no repercussions has expired. Now. Yeah, I was oh yeah, I was off school for it, and uh, I was caught out because ITV panned to the crowd after one of the goals, and I'm stood there, uh, yeah, applauding. I, yeah, had to go and answer some questions on the. It was a Thursday night, so it must have been the Monday morning. I had to go and answer some questions as to why I wasn't where I said I'd been off sick or whatever it was at the time. So yeah, yeah. BBC, but yeah, BBC Two, I think it was. But that was it. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, I don't want to go on a bit of a rant, but certainly the a lot of the new ilk of commentary isn't really for me. No, but I D- guess- Davis and Motson are just in a complete league of their own. I'm a big fan of Clive Tilsley, but those two are just the absolute top elite level, aren't they, of of commentators? And of course, he bought shares in the club as well. You know, um, mm-hmm. back in 2003, I think it was December time, 2003, we were doing the share issue, and Motson bought shares in there. So, like you said, links to to Suffolk more generally, just the football commentary and yeah, elite level commentator who will be really, really sadly missed. Yeah, let's move things on and talk things ITFC. Um, eh, FA Youth Cup, Seb, the, the run ends at, I think it's the quarterfinal stage or just before the quarterfinal stage, defeat in extra time to West Ham, down to 10 men for most of the game. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I I, th- I thought it the scoreline was certainly flat as West Ham. Yeah. I was not impressed given um, category one. I think they... Joe was Joe was with us watching it, and you know he's he's the Yoda of the academy, and was saying you can't really read a huge amount into into certain score lines prior to games because teams are rotated and might be involved in under twenty ones and so on. But the the under eighteens, notionally, whoever they are, it's going to be similar. Tonked Norwich six 0 at the weekend before playing us, so you were kind of thinking, well, we've had a great run and. You know, we need to put a good account of ourselves and maybe try and hold out for as long as we can. And, and we took the lead. Great goal, um, Finn Brock, Barbrook. Um, but yeah, Callum Logan's red card just changed as a game, Seb. But um, lots to be proud of from that team. And yeah, definitely. Um, That's the word, isn't it? Pr- pride is the pride. word. You know, yeah, I, I couldn't watch it. I was working late last night, so I couldn't watch it. So I caught up on all the social media stuff afterwards and pride is the overall uh, you know the uh, the overall kind of emotion to feel after that because like you say a category one side who they're going good guns in their respective league aren't they? they should be you know they should be battering us especially when we go down to 10 men but you know we, we we stick in there and yeah it's been an absolutely brilliant run again and yeah you can you can be nothing but proud about that if you have to go out of a, of a cup two late goals for west ham obviously an extra time which kind of you know makes the scoreline look better than it was like you say it did flatter them and yeah 
absolutely superb from the youths yet again in the FA Youth Cup. Uh, a brilliant performance. Who are the standout? You went to the two home games, obviously. Who were the standout three. players for you across the three? Was it, yeah, was it was Morgan, one of them, I assume, Valentine? Who were the yeah, standout the, ones for you? Yeah, the Barbrook twins. I think Finn and Harry, I think yeah. it is. Harry was injured, but Finn was excellent. Um, and yeah, Nico Valentine had some good moments as well. Yeah, Morgan. Yeah, yeah, he's got a little bit of nastiness about him, and there's definitely a lot of um, needle between him and the left back, the number three, and the cobbled stand got involved in that. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see David Moyes there mm. last night. Um, Kevin Nolan was there as well. We were fortunate to be in the director's box as academy sponsors or sponsors. And that's um, what you got papped by Ross. King's yeah, Rally. that's what you were. You were papped and made famous. The four of you sat in a sat in a line. But lots of the, the senior team there as well. So, yeah, really lots to be proud of. And as for mm. West Ham, you know, it's clearly a talented squad there. They're better strength and depth on their bench than we were able to to call upon. But they're really, given that they played the game, two-thirds of the game with, with one-man advances, they really didn't impose themselves on us. And it was just tiredness and being stretched that, that kind of screwed us over, really. But, yeah, um, another run in the cup. Um, lots to be proud of and yeah um, hopefully some opportunities for in the summer for some of these players to stake a claim in the reserves and, and maybe even the senior team so you never know you might see them at a pre-season friendly in the summer talking um, about sponsorship we are sponsoring ITFC women's game against Watford on Sunday um, so do get down to the AGL arena and join us for that we're sponsoring it with our our pre-match show partners the Greyhound I'm looking forward to that quick turnaround between two fixtures with Watford. Uh, they snuck a last-minute equaliser, probably fair on blue-tinted spectacles. And analysing it, I think it was on the balance of play was probably a fair outcome, but lots of confidence to take from that. Well, Watford have definitely been on a good run. Three, um, I think three wins on the bounce. Third in the league now, having played, um, caught up their games in hand on us and beat Portsmouth midweek. Um, who had been the informed team. So certainly a big game on Saturday and it'd be great to have plenty of people in the in AGL arena making plenty of noise, getting behind the team. New signing, Holly Turner's joined from Billericay, which will be interesting given we play Billericay next week and um, Zoe Barrett has left um, and we wish her all the work, all the work, all the best. Um, her move to MK Dons. But yeah, it's um interesting time. So six out of... Nine games at home for the rest of the season's got to be got to make home a fortress, haven't we? And hope absolutely, for the best. yeah. Get down there if you can and make it, you know, really a great atmosphere for the ladies. It's you know, it's 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 we know about the structure of the league and the need for you know revamping it with the promotion system and stuff. So only one can go up, so it's always going to be tough compared to other leagues. But fingers crossed, yeah, they can do the best. And like you said, a bit of chance to get uh, some revenge against Watford, some quick revenge against them for that that kind of last minute, you know, equaliser a few weeks ago. And worth checking out the pre-match show special that we did with Lucy O'Brien as sponsored by Friends of Blue Monday, um, Sophie Peskett and Kieran Stanley from the media team there as well. About 25 minutes, not too long, but some really fascinating insights um, about how they approach the game, the mindset, looking at Watford, looking ahead for the rest of the season. So do check that out. We'll link, we've will link. we linked to it. We'll tweet it again. So um, please give the women's team your support. And if you can get down to the AGL arena, either on Sunday or before the end of the season, please do, because it's a great day out and a team playing the game the right way. Similar kind of manner to the the academy side. Um, lots to be proud of there. So um, please give the team your support. 
Um, we've mentioned MK Donza very briefly there in relation to Zoe Barrett, but let's, that's our focus as always, Seb, for this week, the next opponents for the men's team. And yeah, wow. Do you want to talk to us about MK? It's not been, it's, it's not it's been going well, is chalk it? Yeah. Cheese this season and last, isn't it? I remember on the pre the preseason preview show that we did with Gab Sutton. I mean, Gab tipped them to win the league with a hundred points, and that's probably mathematically out of the question now. But I remember sitting there, and I think I compared them to us in two thousand and five. You know, we lose to to West Ham for the second year, and we lose Ben and Coochie and Tommy Miller and Kelvin Davis, and we, you know, we kind of don't really reinvest the Ben or the or the Davis money and try and do things, you know, without reinvesting properly. And it does catch up with you, and that to me is what it kind of looks like this season. It's just not going well for them at all. They're currently sat 22nd in the league they dropped down one place uh, after the midweek fixtures 29 points played 32 games only won eight drawn five lost 19 scored 30 goals conceded 51 so yeah you know they are really really struggling so far this year the last five games going into this one is is, is not great three defeats one win that was against forest green i think mm-hmm. and one draw and in the last two games fair enough they have played bolton and wednesday in the last two games but they've shipped 10 goals it was five nil to bolton five two away at, uh, at sheffield wednesday and yeah the, their confidence must be absolutely rock bottom and in previous years we would have sat here and said oh no a long come Ipswich but not this year because things are different this is going to be the uh, the second game of our amazing winning run and we should be looking to take advantage because their home form is yes. absolutely awful not a happy of the home life no <laughs> bottom of the league 10 points from 16 games 0.63 points per game they've only won two at stadium MK all season drawn four and lost 10 one win in the last six games at home so we need to go there and, and really, really put them to the sword. And I assume, given how they, they they currently are, an early goal and they will just probably crumble a la Forest Green last week. So, yeah, a real opportunity given a couple of the fixtures that our rivals have got this weekend to start clawing back some points on the uh, on the top two. Yeah, worst home record in the league mm. worth, worth pausing on that stat or that fact. And it's worth the context for that for me for this home record and it's made even more stark based on the numbers that will travel from Ipswich from Suffolk or from all around the country in a blue shirt on Saturday we will factually we will outnumber the home support but it's likely that that happened last season and it's probably happened quite a few times this season as well it doesn't feel like that MK Don Stadium is a is a fortress, particularly, is it? And I guess if you're always outnumbered, outsung by the opposition, uh, then it's not going to feel like a home stadium, isn't it? No, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I've not been there myself, but obviously it's this big modern new stadium. And mm. well, I think on their website today, they've advertised it as a blockbuster crowd of 12,000 people. And we know we've got, what, nearly 7,000? Six and, six, and a half, yeah. yeah, yeah. 6,800. 6, Probably loads of yeah, so yeah, like you say, we're going to outnumber them, and yeah, it must be difficult to kind of go somewhere where I know they've been there for twenty years now, but you know, it's, they've still got a load of issues from the past and stuff that they that they might struggle to you know develop a generation of fans and stuff, and it must be difficult when you go in places and you get the likes of us, Sheffield Wednesday, some of the really big boys in the league turning up and outnumbering you. It must be relatively kind of you know depressing for the players. Yeah, we talked about that. Defeat to Sheffield Wednesday, a uh, uh, strange game really, and we were one of those moments where you're kind of looking at the scores on your phone during a town game and going, "Oh, you, you didn't oh, think oh. they'd hang on, did no. you?" No, <laughs> I said to the guy next to me when they were two one up, 
they'll win 4-2. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I was one goal out. Uh, but yeah, maybe some stuff to give MK Don's fans confidence, some good goals scored in yeah. that game. Um, Lecco and Easter, wasn't it? Yeah. But the the game went to script after that, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yes, they lose 5-2, 1-0 up after two minutes. Great goal. I think it was Lecco. A bit more direct, kind of a long ball forward and Wednesday sort of back off and back off and he just he just hits it. It's a great strike into the top mm-hmm. corner. And then 2-1 up at half time, which is when we would have seen the scores on our phones and some people might have got excited. I think if I could have got a signal last week in Portman Road, I'd probably lumped on for Wednesday to come back in the second half because I couldn't see that one lasting at all. And as the script says, Wednesday, you know, piled on in the second half and really re-upped the game. They score three goals, uh, one lucky deflection, one was a penalty. Uh, I think Bayer's got a, a nice one as well. But yeah, only 36 possession for MK, a side that we traditionally know from last year as being a very high possession kind of side. Uh, only six uh, shots, two on target. In the second half, Wednesday had 11 shots, five on targets. So they just completely upped their game after halftime. And, and you know, the manager had some harsh words to say after that. We'll discuss him in a minute. He had some harsh words to say about that collapse in the, in the second half. Yeah, I they were unfortunate. The penalty is dodgy, although they have got, something about penalties, haven't they? I think they've conceded yeah. them most in the league. We'll talk about the stats later on. There's a deflection it, for Smith's goal as well, isn't there? The kind of and there's a push in over the back yeah. for the third goal. So they're a bit unfortunate there. But, but it's a sign of a side. It's just isn't relentless, it? isn't it, from Sheffield exactly. Wednesday? Exactly, yeah. Once they, you know, once Wednesday got make it kind of, you know, 2-2, you know what's going to happen because these these players, their heads are going to drop and you, you know what's going to happen. That's a sign of a side in real, real trouble, isn't it? Talking about being papped in corporate, talk to us about your experience for the 3-0 win against MK in the uh, summer. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, we were in the posh bits, weren't we? Yeah, on that blazing hot day. Do you remember how warm it was that day? Yeah, yeah we were in the... wasn't working. It wasn't, was First it? First no, world we problems, in... man. Yeah, we were underneath, the, right in the corner of the South Stand, underneath where the away fans are in Portman Road. And it was a, a lovely, comprehensive 3-0 win, wasn't it? Burns, Harness and Chaplin with the goals. I remember Danassian sort of engaged prime Cafu mode and was cutting in, tricking people and pulling back for, for goals and stuff. And yeah, 63% possession, 18 shots, nine on target. That must have been the third game of the season, I think it was. And yeah, I remember they played Dean Lewington at left back and Wes Burns, they kind of played a back three and he was the left-sided centre-back. And I remember Burns just tearing him apart. So yeah, a really, really comprehensive, easy victory. And we need to say thank you to our mate Matthew, who yes. he treated us to that. I, I'm not sure he ever listens, but if he's listening, there you go, Matt. There's a there's a shout-out for you. Let's remind ourselves, obviously, that, that they had a, a, definitely a tricky start to the season and all of us were thinking, well, Liam Manning knows what he's doing. He's a very yeah. highly... Um, rated coach there are still some good quality players albeit probably not replaced uh, with as good a quality as they had and had sold but last season Seb I mean they're essentially at this point um, last year we were basically the same they were the same as where we are now third um, just below Rotherham and Wigan and ultimately they Got 89 points. It was a yeah, um, sterling season, Bowler. Yeah, 89 points, finishing third and missed out, which hopefully oh. we won't be saying in the yeah, air in three months' time or whatever it is. They, yeah, they lose to Wickham. Wickham finished sixth. They lose to Wickham in the playoffs. 2-0 defeat at Adams Park. They got just schooled and beaten up by Wick- Wickham in that in that game, didn't they? And they win the home leg. They win 1-0, but they, they can't get the equaliser, and it's Wickham who go off to, to face Sunderland at Wembley. And that sees the breakup of the side, like I said earlier, comparing it to us against West Ham in 2005. Scott Twine, who got 20 goals 
13 assists goes to goes to Burnley not obviously pulled up any trees there but he goes off to Burnley uh, Harry Darling seven goals from centre back goes to Swansea Troy Parrott is recalled by by Spurs and ends up going to is he, he's at Preston I think this year isn't he he had mm. nine goals and six assists so they suddenly lose you know Matt Riley goes in the middle Matt of the Riley, season as well yeah. They, yeah they lose a load of goals experience assists from the side and they don't really replace it properly and that's why they find themselves where they are, but yeah, we were, you know, Liam Manning was appointed on the eve of the season, really, wasn't he? Russell Martin goes off to Swansea, Liam Manning comes in, and yeah, we were all singing his praises for the entire the entire season, because what a phenomenal job he did in that first season in, you know, in English football management, and yeah, we kind of thought they'd push on again this year. I think Gab tipped them for the league, you tipped them for the playoffs, I had them just outside, I think, seventh or eighth, and none of us could have possibly predicted what was going to happen this year to them. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird one that one, isn't it? And but it comes down to investment, doesn't it? If you yeah. don't replace what you sell, then you just slowly deteriorate, don't you? And it doesn't appear there's a conveyor belt. But again, that's a bit surprising because the CEO there, uh, Ryan Sweeting, isn't it? Mm. Is very highly thought of, yeah. and I presume I presumed at some point getting towards the end of the window when I mean, they got was it five million for Twine? I think it was in the end. You know, I, I kind of assumed they would go out and just start spending the cash but i don't know whether they struggle to attract people but it's or... di- yeah i mean i think that's probably it goes similar thought that i had to the home situation and the fact that they maybe feel like they're not the home team at home if you're a up-and-coming talent in league one or championship and you've got a choice of clubs it's it, i mean you probably it's a hard sell isn't it in, in, in the summer you're probably thinking wow liam manning's done great i want to go there but They've just lost, yeah, Twine, Darling, Parrot, O'Reilly. Um, it could be that I become the next big man, but and maybe it, you go there thinking, well, if I do well, I'll be sold and get a big move up the league. But similarly, you kind of think, well, I want to be in a team that is doing stuff, is is going places, yeah. has got a big support behind it. And if you've got a choice of Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Derby, Bolton, Barnsley, you know, are you going to go to Milton Keynes? I'm not. I'm not sure, and maybe that's a factor. Maybe they are struggling yeah. to, to, to yeah, to attract the, the high level talent that is is likely to be going to the big six teams in in League One. It's it's, it's a challenge for them. Um, but yeah, that nil nil game um, last season as well. Just thinking back to that and seven thousand town fans, pretty even game, third versus ninth at the time, and. Yeah, yeah, and we got, yeah. It was about this time of year, wasn't it? It was kind of February, well, February time, yeah. and we yeah we started to hope we could claw back space on the top six, and we yeah nil nil draw. I think Twine made, Walter made a really good save from Twine right towards the end, didn't he? I think if I remember rightly, Jackson kind of led the line, and we edged slightly closer to the playoffs. But as we know how it all petered out, we couldn't quite close that gap. But it was an even an even game. It was an entertaining nil, and I remember that. You know, you can see some nil nils that are just turgid, but I remember thinking it was a, a decent nil nil in terms of the quality on show. Liam Manning leaves 11th of December with MK 23rd. Uh, was that a surprise fifth... to you? Did you think it was a trust th- the process kind of job? And even if they go down, you know, they'll rebuild and come back. Were you surprised when he actually got the bullet? No, I, I think as every month goes past, uh, and they were 23rd when he was sacked, by the yeah. way, 15 yeah. points from 20 games and, he, and six points from safety as well. At December time, you've got to act, haven't you? I think it's, it's, um, they were. I, I just think I, some some clubs, if you're kind of if if the manager is so you know crucial to, I guess a bit like we had when McCarthy was here. You know, if the manager is kind of you know so responsible for for such a, an impactful playing style, I, I'm I surprised. Is he that, though? Because Manning inherit, inherited from Russell Martin, and Russell Martin put yeah. the foundations in, didn't he? The players were already there, so 
I'm I'm really sympathetic for Liam Manning because it's a really difficult situation to be in. But I kind of think there's a, if you, well, if you want to survive in the in the division, it's not working, is it? By that point, when he's yeah, sacked. Fair yeah, fair enough. Um, they were only off the they were kept off the bottom, courtesy of scoring three more goals than Morecambe. That was it. Yeah. So I think alarm bells have been ringing, and what and I think to your question, you kind of get through August and think, oh crap, man, this doesn't look good. But trust the process, and then September comes on, and you think, "Oh crap, man! This has not got any better." He's had five months essentially. By the time you get to December, is it four or five months? Yeah, yeah. I think that's more than three strikes, and you're out, isn't it? To me, yeah, potentially. And, I guess maybe. I was surprised yeah. by the by the replacement. We'll discuss, yeah, talk to you know, us about him. Yeah, Mark Jackson, forty-five year old, joins from from Leeds. He's kind of progressed Leeds. through the Leeds. He kind of progresses through the the under twenty-three, under twenty-ones, and he becomes a first team coach at Leeds under Jesse March last kind of February, March time when he joined the club. And yeah, I, I was a bit surprised by that appointment. I kind of thought they might go down the you know the kind of experienced head just to get them out of this mess, and then maybe look to kind of regroup in the in in the summer. He's a Jackson's a one-time Leeds defender. Like I said, he came through the uh, coaching at various different stages there. Best known for his playing spell at Scunthorpe from sort of 2000 to 2005. Spells at Kidderminster, Rochdale, Farsley Celtic and Farsley. So, you know, never never played at, you know, a really kind of elite high level. Um, but he's, a, he's managed 11 games since he took over. They've won three, drawn two. So he's had a bit of an impact. They have lost six. But one point per game, which probably across the season is just about to keep you up, isn't it, in the... In the championship, in, in, sorry, in League One, if you finish with kind of 46, 47 points, you probably just about kind of scrape survival. So I guess he's made a bit of an impact there, but I was a bit surprised they didn't go for a kind of wily, experienced kind of person, you know, to try and get them out of this mess and then maybe look to reset a little bit in the summer. Give me a, give me a name. Who would you call I was for? thinking of Simon Mick was out of work at the time, I guess, maybe. Was he? he was still available? You could go Warnock. I don't, you, you might struggle to get them down at that level, to be honest. Lambert, if he still lives in the area, <laughs> maybe might fancy the gig. Um, but yeah, just, just somebody who's kind of schooled at this level and knows what it takes to make you tough to beat, to grind out results and just get you over the line. And then, you know, a kind of a short term deal and then start the rebuild next summer where if you want to, implement new playing styles you've got a whole pre-season to work with and you know a transfer window to to really bring in the kind of players that you need to fit your system and philosophy and to be fair i was speaking to a, a, a mk don's fan that i know on twitter a guy called jonathan about this situation and mark jackson's very much from the school of bielsa in terms of the, the way that he wants to play high intensity high press four three three you uh, maybe this is a part of the dysfunction that we're seeing you can't flick your fingers and go from the the kind of more patient possession based style that they have done, and to an to an intent no, to an extent there was some high press in in the way they were playing, but this is kind of up and at them, kind of more direct yeah. way of playing. You can't flick your fingers and change that style. So no, that takes maybe a season of fitness, doesn't it? And do you yeah. remember when Bielsa was linked with the Everton job, and the Athletic reported that he said, "I can't get the players to do what I want to do in this period of time, so I'll take the under twenty ones or the right. under twenty threes at Everton until the summer, and then in the summer I'll hit the first team squad and we'll really look to implement these measures because yeah, changing that kind of philosophy, you, you like you say, you can't just click your fingers and do it. That's a proper a six to eight week, you know, grueling fitness regime to make sure that you're physically able to do the things that are being asked of you. And they've not been helped by injuries. I think it was quite a few square pegs in round holes when we played them in August, but they've done some recruitment in January, but largely to to shore up some of the issues they've got. I mean, defence, they've just been, it's a catalogue of injury situations. Talk us through the 
the key bits of January business. We mentioned one of them in Jonathan Lecco, but some other names that might be familiar to people as well, I think. Yeah, Sully Kaikai is coming on a free from, from Wickham. Lecco, we mentioned, they're kind of they're the, the two wide options in the three behind the striker. Anthony Stewart, who we all know from his time at Wickham, you know, a huge kind of central defender, very experienced this level. He moved up to Aberdeen in the summer for whatever reason. It's not worked out there and he joined on loan. Uh, but promptly picked up an injury pretty quickly so he, he won't be featuring max dean's come in from leeds i guess that's a, a tie-up with the manager's ex kind of you know exposition to try and get some goals up front paris mogma has come in from brentford the brentford b side why are you looking at me weird mogma mogma that's the one coming on loan from Brentford B, uh, central midfielder who's looking. It's been to a while since we've had to do one of those. It's because I practice throughout the week all the time. I just make sure I, I write them on the Magoma. script phonetically and then yeah, Magoma. Yeah. Louis Barry has left. He was uh, yeah for the second season in a row. He's had his loan spell cut short. He's now gone to Salford, uh, and they had a few kind of development loans out uh, of younger players to to lower leagues. But th- there's no names really jumping out there. I guess Anthony Stewart was the one you'd look to bring in to really shore up that defense to add some experience, to add a bit of dressing room presence, to you know add a player who knows what it's like when the going gets tough and how to grind out results. But he picks up an injury straight away, and as a result, they're kind of left with this same back four that's kind of been struggling most of the season. And it appears they've... I mean, Louis Barry, Magoma, um, the guy from Brentford, Daniel Oyagoke, who I practiced that one in the summer. That's why I left it off the script. Uh, it feels like... M- yeah, MK... F- f- it's kind of similar to the criticism that we sometimes get um but when we lose games or aren't winning games that we're kind of trying to it's a purest way of trying to get out of league one and maybe this is a criticism of sweeting of the kind of you know Stuart is definitely uh, yeah Leko Kaika I mean the senior players they're bringing in is definitely to address some inexperience and bring in some characters but yeah, there's a lot of loans. Like Louis Barry, I kind of feel like it's a football manager type loan, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like it looks good on paper, but the track record suggests it's a bit of a gamble. And I don't know, maybe they, yeah, maybe Jackson given the summer, if they keep, if he can keep them up, maybe there's an evolution there that happens and it's a different way of dealing with things. Yeah. And maybe they've decided that's the way they're going to go and move away from the possession-based style because it hasn't worked for them, I guess, um, being blunt. But when you lose players of the calibre they've lost, it True. must be so makes hard. makes it much to... more difficult, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, fair point. Talk to us about the, the style of play then and the formations and key players and how it all fits together, So. So he's, he's kind of flirted between a few formations. He's gone 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, and 3-4-3. But the last four games have pretty consistently been a 4-2-3-1. And the heat maps do reflect that as well. So I guess that's what they've kind of been wedded to. Now, obviously, like we said earlier, they have shipped 10 goals in the last two games playing 4-2-3-1. So maybe on Saturday, we might see it more of a 4-3-3 with kind of, you know, a three-man central midfield just to try and tighten up a little bit and change things around. Your mate who you caught up with, has said they've kind of evolved to a high-pressing style, Alabiel like we've already said um, and like we said earlier that requires you know that those kind of implementations require proper time and effort so I'm not entirely sure it'll be uh, be smooth sailing for them on the weekend hopefully like Forest Green if we can score early or get the first goal hopefully their heads will drop because the, the confidence and the familiarity in the system just simply isn't there at the moment and, and, and to be fair to them if they were to do the, the front three there is pace there if you want to press from the front um, it'll be Kai Kai, Leko and Issa, won't it? And all of them yep. are quite direct, fast running, powerful forwards. So on paper, that that is probably good enough to beat most teams 
at this level kind of from halfway downwards, isn't it? I mean, maybe maybe a bit higher than that as well. Maybe I'm doing a disservice. So you can see that there are aspects of this the selection in the squad and the and the formation that lends itself to what Jackson's trying to do. But maybe when you drill into the further back into the team, it maybe isn't quite there for the rest of it. But talk to us about where the goals have come from the team because they are limited, aren't they, in that respect? Yeah. The three top scorers are on five each. Mo Issa, who we just discussed, who's likely to be the central striker. He he was out injured, I remember, quite a lot of last season and kind of Scott Twine, Troy Parrott take the headlines, but he's a decent player. Joined from he joined from Peterborough, he's or have I imagine yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, he'll be the central striker. He's got five. Bradley Johnson, you can still find him. He must be 36, 37 35. now. Yeah, yeah. Former nemesis of our, our games against Norwich in the playoffs. He's got five, as has Will Grigg, who again you can still find. He was on loan last year from Sunderland and they, they kind of signed him permanently after a uh, after a loan spell after Sunderland released him. They've only got five each. Ice has got three assists. Um, so he's kind of one of the, the, the key creative bodies as well. So, like you say, with with uh, Leko, Isa, and um, and the guy, Kukai Kai Kai. Yeah, you're looking at three very athletic kind of direct players who will look to kind of run and keep the fullbacks penned back. And there's, an, there's quality in the midfield. You mentioned Johnson. Um, yeah, 21 starts, but doesn't make, typically make it through the game these days. But they're probably the key man, and I think... I think he's been shoved higher up the pitch, isn't he? Josh McEachran, possibly a yeah, familiar name. Yeah, one of the changes in... Yeah, the four-two-three-one. he's pushed Josh McEachran into the number 10 role. And on the heat map, he does kind of stay pretty pretty firmly in that position. But again, on Saturday, we might see him drop back. He tends to be Bradley Johnson and the chap on loan from Brentford, who I'm not going to pronounce again. McCamey, that's the one. They're the kind of the base, and McEachran kind of pushes forward. And I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about his, his pedigree. You know, he comes through the Chelsea Academy, he goes to Brentford. He's got a great kind of, you know schooling in the game he's, he's 83% passing accuracy so far this season 1.3 key passes per game you know he's a, a great player but like you say he does struggle for minutes a little bit I think he, he very rarely manages past 70 minutes in a game so again if you're trying to look to play that high intensity high pressing football having somebody that's blowing at 70 minutes without a, you know a really good replacement on the bench is going to it's going to suffer you but he's come through you know certainly come through very good academies at youth level and is a is a decent player who maybe kind of should have done better with the you know with the talent he has yeah 29 um but average is about 22 games a season so uh, it's one maybe not necessarily to hang your hat on in case yeah he has an injury similar to to lee evans in that respect that the back line feels there's there's not a huge amount of choice for them at the back line jamie cummings back there on loan from chelsea i think tanai watson jack tucker zach jules daniel harvey i think that's all they've got said because the, another name that might be familiar to folk, Dean Lewington, I think might have been the caretaker before they appointed Mark Jackson and others are all injured. Talk to us about these, the injury situation they've got in the back yeah, line. Yeah, Dean Lewington tore his hamstring back in November. Club legend Dean Lewington, and se- over 870 appearances for MK and over 900 in total because he started at AFC Wim- uh, Wimbledon. Sorry, Anthony Stewart, obviously, like we said, joined from Aberdeen in the window and promptly gets injured days after joining, so he's out as well. Warren O'Hara broke his foot in a draw against Lincoln. He was second for accurate passes per 90s. That's a big loss as well. So, yeah, the defence has been absolutely decimated, which again explains you know why they are shipping 10 goals in in two games. Yeah, Warren O'Hara, second for accurate passes in the whole of the division for, per 90. So, and ironically, Lee Evans, top spot, O'Hara, second spot, Luke Wolfen in the third spot for that. So, it was a playing out for the back and he was obviously a key part of that under Manning. 
um, that's a big loss. And yeah, quality player to boot as well. But just injuries are a real problem there. Decimate. I've never got the biggest squad in the world anyway. So, you know, as we see with the kind of the smaller sides in this league, a, a few injuries and you're really, really down to the bare bones, aren't you? So let's do let's let's look at the stats further, Seb, because it doesn't it doesn't lead to too many more conclusions than we can glean from looking at the league table. Um attacking stats, yeah, a bit of a, a bit terrible at home, isn't it? It's a car crash, isn't it? Yeah, 11 goals scored at home at Stadium MK, which is the joint worst in the league. Only seven from open play. Four have come from set pieces. Nine goals were scored under Liam Manning up until he left in December. Two goals since Jackson's taken over. They average 11 shots per game, which is 19th worst in the league. And only kind of just over three on target, which is 22nd in the league. So they simply don't score enough goals. I keep going back to it. If you lose Twine, Darling and Parrot, who contributed... 35 odd goals between them last season and don't replace them this is where you end up and the xg doesn't really tell so much difference either that's pretty lousy uh, but then the possession serve is kind of i guess where you'd expect mk to be um i, I did do my usual analysis pre and post managerial change and actually of 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 late um from the games uh, the i did it kind of four games last time didn't I? it's you've got how much is it? 59% possession on average for the at whole home. season yeah, at, home. at home. And overall, that's dropped home and away down to 49% now. I don't know if that's a deliberate strategy or not. That's obviously Sheffield Wednesday and Bolton in there, but maybe there's a, a drift away from the possession-based style. Um, but passing accuracy is pretty good. But then, <laughs> then we come back to the defensive stats, Seb. Um, yeah. <laughs> talk to us about that. Again, a car crash, a side that doesn't score enough goals and is awful at the back. They've only kept two clean sheets at home all season. That's 22nd in the league. Jackson's first two games uh, was amongst that. 17.4 aerial duels won, which is 22nd in the league. I guess Anthony Stewart was probably bought in to help kind of, you know, resolve those kind of issues. But with his injury, obviously, he's not been able to, to contribute. They've conceded six from set pieces. Obviously, we are the set piece kings so far this season in the division. So hopefully that's a route of opportunity for us at the weekend. And six from penalties at home as well which is by far the worst in the league eight penalties conceded overall and six at stadium mk so yeah they're kind of compounding their own misery by making silly unforced their silly mistakes bradley johnson i think is culpable for a few yeah. of them and they are yeah it's the, if, if you're struggling yeah, yeah legs have gone i guess if you're struggling to score goals and keep clean sheets then you should definitely be getting involved giving away silly ones and they don't make too many enough tackles they don't make enough interceptions and expected goals against also not particularly good as well. So not a happy home life, I think, is what we sum it up as. And It's 20, like Forest Green last week, isn't it? I feel like we're sat here seven days version, yeah. down the line, yeah, and it's just the away version of Forest Green. All the stats point to a side that's in real trouble, that doesn't score enough goals, that concedes way more than they should, that are struggling, you know, maybe under a new manager to kind of change things up a little bit. And hopefully, well, was it hopefully another 4-0 victory incoming? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, well, on that note, we'll be back after this to talk about us. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Follow. So what are you doing, Seb, about our team? Are you making changes? What, what would I do? Or what, what would do I you think do? Yeah, happen? I'm putting I, a question on you. Keep it the same. I, I wouldn't okay. change it personally. I mean, the midweek games are dropping off now. I know we've got Accrington for the rearranged FA Cup game in two weeks, 10 days time, is it? And then over Easter, there'll be a quick turnaround between the Good Friday and the Easter Monday games. But apart from that, it's pretty much just weekends between now and the end of the season. Isn't it? So I, I would look to build consistency. You called it correctly last week when you said the four some or the three money big money summer signings need to come in and i think they need to stay in now for me um i think he might make a couple of changes because that just tends to be what we kind of do i think the striker might swap out and i think luongo might potentially come in after his decent cameo it might be an easy chance to get some minutes into him with games against bolton and barnsley on the horizon and that suspension is still hanging over morsey but apart from that i hope now for the rest of the season gone are the days of four or five changes every single time we line up hopefully we get that consistent broadhead for me has to start chaplin for me has to start every game between now and in the season and yeah let's let's get some real consistency going into either a fight for the automatics or, or a playoff campaign would you change anything after last weekend it's hard to no. see how you would isn't it i think hurst ladapo is probably the question mark given hurst i'm not sure did too much particularly second half unlucky in the first uh, that's the only thing that question marks i'd have i agree on long go um but i'd i'd, I'd Worry that, well, I guess it's do you start him or do you bring him on is the kind of question. Yeah. What's uh, Humphreys is probably more of an attacking threat, but Luongo was getting box to box, wasn't he, against Forest yeah, Green? He if he's fully fit, I'd love to see him start, but I'd also be conscious that we don't want to rush him back either. So I think probably those are the only areas, and then McKenna will throw a curveball, won't he? But it'd be funny if Tyrese John Jules or your cameras on the bench we've heard do you want to do you want to chuck one of your sayings in because we have heard bodies back on the grass they're all closing in now aren't they yeah Kamara did the tweet saying was it good things come to those who are patient or something yeah implying he's back imminently did McKenna say that John Jules would have trained this week if he hadn't been 
ill with the flu or whatever. And Don Ball is closing in as well. So these bodies oh, yeah, tick yeah. are coming back and some of them back on the grass tick. So what what would you... Has McKenna come out and said it as well? Because that's another tick. Oh, is it? Is that my my third bingo? Is it? If you're playing pre-match show bingo, they're the, the ticks to go for. He mispronounces a name. Back on the oh, grass, bodies. And full McKenna house, mate. Come full out house. Bingo. What would you do with Burns? Interesting one. Because he, him and Clark, were they weren't really at it last weekend. And Jackson looked good again when he came. Is that is that it one as well? Is it? Is that no, no, bingo? no. Sorry, just oh, okay. makes me think of Gareth Keenan. Keep going. Yep. Looking yeah, sat right there. Don't repeat it. The uh, <laughs> so what would you do with Burns? Would you look to make a change and maybe give Jackson a game, given how Burns hasn't seemed quite on it the last few this last few weeks? At it, I would keep that that pair the same. If Burns is fit, fully fit. They've got to figure each other out. I, th- I think, as we were talking about on the flagship, Clark was pinging the balls in, and I'm not sure Burns is used to that. I think he needs to get used to that because I think it's a really useful weapon to get us up the pitch really quickly to get him behind. If, yeah, I, so I, I would keep Burns in that position because he's a threat and he he's creates goals, either scores them or creates assists. But I'd be willing to give Jackson half an hour. And if Jackson comes on and makes an impact, I mean, do you remember last season, Jackson started at MK and everyone was up in arms about it. He was the they? main striker, wasn't he? Yeah, we saw, saw the Bash brothers with Norwood and Bond, didn't we, up until that point? And then suddenly out of, out of nowhere, I think Jackson comes in, leads the line, and he kind of, he made the shirt his own up until he, he pulled his hamstring. Was it Plymouth at home? I think he pulled his hamstring and was done for the season, wasn't he? So yeah, he came out of nowhere and yeah, did, did really so well. So Maybe that will happen. But, but I think generally consistency, as you say, is key. So Yeah, keep it yeah. the same. Are, are you in agreement with me that Broughton and Chaplin, if they're fit, should yeah, pretty yeah, much start yeah. every game now, yeah? Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And an interesting side note, uh, referee Rebecca Welsh, first time uh, town game has been officiated by a female referee. So um, definitely highly rated referee in the championship. I think she might have been a fourth official, maybe even the MK Dons game last season. I didn't remember to check that one, but um, so that would be interesting vaguely interesting it's one of those kind of stats isn't it or things to log down in your notebook if you're one of those kind of people but um so yeah i think that's it about par from let's do some pluggery this is now the word i've, I've got until pluggery. i come up with something something <laughs> better that's the way that's that's one of my bingo um bingo scores um is, is calling that one out uh as always we're in partnership um here at the pre-match show with the greyhound and innovation labs as we mentioned at the top of the show greyhound Joining us as co-sponsor for ICFC Women's League game against Watford at the AGL Arena on Sunday. Please do get down there if you've got, um, if you want to get behind the team, have two lots of football in 24 hours um, and come and support us, come and support the team. That'd be fantastic. Um, Otherwise, head down to the Greyhound um, at our next home game. And I'm struggling to think what that might be. Burton, I guess, is it? Yeah, Burton next Saturday. As always, Telegram group. Do you want to talk about Telegram, Seb? Come and get involved. It's brilliant. We have about six, seven different subgroups in there. It's great. It's a community that's growing. It's so much nicer than the other forms of social media. The debate goes on all day, all night. The match day chat is my favorite. That's when it comes to life. And if you live away from Portman Road like I do, it's great to get that kind of interaction and that that experience and those different eyes of what people see on match day compared to how you might see it if you're following an iFollow on the radio. So come along, get involved. Two-week free trial. You won't lose anything. Most people, vast majority of people tend to stick with it after that. And, uh, and, and yeah, come and give it a try. Flagship show will be back Sunday evening. Ben, Joe and Craig. Um, dealing with MK Dons, 8pm live, get involved in the chats, um, help us drive the show forward. Um, and if you have um, if you want to leave us a review, leave us a thumbs up on YouTube. We appreciate that as well. 
I think, oh, everything you need to know, bluemondayitfc.co.uk. I'm giving Seb a little bit of preparation for well, the next it, isn't it? segment. We're going to end the show now. That's There's no more features to do. There's nothing more to discuss. So we'll end the show there. And thanks very much, everyone. If only, eh? If only. Pressing the button now, Seb. What a week in predictions. Another brilliant week. Another fantastic week. Everyone loves this feature. Um, it, it you know separates the experts from the muggles. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Um, let's have a look at the scores. Let's figure out. Ah, hello, hello, hello. No one cares. Boom. A big week for the host. Um, loving that. Uh, we Yeah, both you and I got Derby spot on. Seemed pretty straightforward. All of us. Otherwise, it's not particularly good week for correct outcomes, but Wick and Bolton, Woody scored three points for that one. Let's have a look ahead for this weekend. It's getting interesting now, Seb. No, it's not. No, oh, you mean the fixture list? Uh, so I the thought you meant this competition. Yeah, I mean, this Sorry. isn't getting... Yeah, this is like... This is not say it's Sheffield Wednesday, but it's more like I'm Burnley and, and your Norwich kind of in prediction, <laughs> isn't it? Brilliant. Brilliant. Is that, oh, is yeah, that I, how I'm comparing I, it? Yeah, I assume at some point it will become mathematically impossible for me to, to claw back any ground on you, but... Yeah, you, you've got your feature this year. You enjoy it, and then next year we'll come up with something different. And the uh, yeah. it's not yeah, and it's uh, thank you everyone for your feedback on football room one one. I think what yeah, we'll do is exactly, yeah, the we'll people have back. spoken and they we'll want bring it, it back. back. And you've ignored, you've ignored we'll them. bring it back before so when the predictions is a foregone conclusion. Then we'll do. All right, so you're going to wait like a manager when when a team can't mathematically make the playoffs oh. and they go and fire somebody. You're going to wait until you mathematically can't be caught and then end the feature. Some Brilliant. people like well. Unless you want me to keep going for the rest of the season and make the my win even more emphatic, I could do that. I would just bring back Room 101 this week. The people, yeah, Seabass mentioned yeah. it, Mullet mentioned it, the people want it back, and yet you Give me and a third your name. There my partner, go. Kim, Silence. she wants it back. Clutching <laughs> <laughs> straws here. We'll bring it, there'll be a, we'll bring it back. Maybe we'll do it a week when, um, when maybe Seb and I have, when I have a week off, you can do Football Room 101. How about that? Let's have a look at this weekend's game, Seb, because there is some intrigue and interest. And as we keep talking about, um, the run of games for teams right now is quite intriguing with teams playing each other Mm. near the top of the league and us having maybe a more straightforward on paper fixture. Let's have a look. Well, we've got Barnsley Derby right off the top and some nice uniformity with the predictions there. You're not expecting, well, it'd be good if it, was a draw, wouldn't it? Derby a draw, Barnsley? yeah. I mean, I, I'm usually of the mindset if there's three points up for grabs and one goes into the ether and the points are shared, that's a good thing if you're kind of fighting with other teams at the top of the league. But I, I think Barnsley will win that one and we've got them looming on the horizon. Now it's going to be a really tricky game at Oakwell, isn't it? It is. Um, Bolton Port Vale, we're not expecting Port Vale to. I think they're on a bit of a, a bad run, particularly at home. Yeah. Um, but away at Bolton, you wouldn't fancy anyone there, including I'm apprehensive about Bolton away yet again. Uh, Shipper Wednesday at Charlton. Charlton are on a decent bit of form. Um, yeah, but Wednesday are relentless. Aren't we? yeah. We've all gone for one goal Wednesday wins, haven't we? You, you, you and Telegram have gone for 2-1. I've gone 1-0 to Wednesday. We're all thinking a, a narrow Wednesday win because they are at this stage, they're just grinding out results, aren't they? Telegram, a.k.a. Paul. That's, um, yeah. There's a name for you. He uh, he doesn't run Room 101 either. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going for Charlton to take the lead and Sheffield Wednesday to score two second half goals to win that one. Peterborough Plymouth, interesting. Whoa, talk to us about your ooh, backing Peterborough, Seb. 
Yeah, I just think Plymouth uh, potentially maybe they drew they they kind of drew nil nil at home last week. Was it Fleetwood they had at home park last weekend? Yeah, they kind of dropped points there. Plymouth, uh, Peterborough, sorry, they were doing pretty decent under Ferguson. Their home record was very good, as we discussed on the on the pre-match show. It was their away form that was shocking. And at some point, if they're going to want to, you know, gate crash six, they're going to have to start pulling results out of the bag. So I just fancy them to sneak that one very narrowly. But I, hopefully they will sneak that one and we can start to claw back some ground on second place. I mean, no, but as we all know, I am rubbish at this game. So anything I'm saying now, just disregard. Yeah, it'll be a two or draw, as I've predicted there. Shrewsbury Wickham is uh, maybe at the start of the season, you'd have expected one of those teams to be lurking around the playoffs, but not two of them. And I'm backing Shrewsbury. So are you. Yeah, is that the uh, Garth yeah, Ainsworth yeah. effect? Yeah, potentially. Obviously, Matt Bloomfield's gone in there. But I mean, Shrewsbury won an amazing run of form, weren't they? They lost, they lost last. Week, last... Yeah, was it Accrington? It was a shock Ooh. defeat as well, wasn't it? It wasn't one that anyone they pounded. I think they. I think it was an unfortunate defeat as well. Yeah, those... so I, I, I figure they'll get back points. on the back on the wagon. I guess you know Ainsworth's been at Wickham for so long. Was it eleven, twelve years? Was it yeah. or something? You know, when a manager kind of walks out the door, then then I would expect a little bit of a drop off, maybe as they kind of adjust to a new. Well, then again, Matt Bloomfield obviously was there for so long as well. So potentially, it's, it's not like somebody's coming in completely fresh, is it? But I don't know. I just yeah, I just think Shrewsbury narrowly in that one. Yeah, Shrewsbury won the last three home games on the bounce as well, I think. So like, I think they won like five or six before losing to losing to Accrington last weekend. They were, they were the, one of the form teams in the division. What's your take on Bloomfield going to Wickham? I, I on paper it makes sense. Yeah. I'm not sure necessarily three, four months at Colchester's massive grounding for for a team that are hunting for championship football. Maybe not, but he did. He did decently at Cole. You didn't he? Kind of got them organised and kind of found out how to score goals, which is what they really struggled with. They bought some players in the window who potentially Great maybe, players, didn't they? yeah, exactly. They did some really good business that potentially kind of raised a few eyebrows. And I guess you know they've had Ainsworth for so long, and Bloomfield was there under him as both a player and then you know a bit of coaching and stuff. Is a bit of a continuity appointment. He knows the club. He knows what he's doing. I've got no idea how long a deal he's signed there. If it's a long kind of term deal or he's just a, an eighteen month job while they look to kind of steady themselves and and, and move forward but I guess you don't want to if, given the position they're in closing in on the playoffs they'll have designs on sixth won't they they couldn't afford to leave the vacancy open for that long and is there really anybody out there they're not going to be able to go and pay a compensation fee for somebody are they is there anybody kind of out of work that you'd really look to look to snap up or would you just go continuity and get one, it done quickly it? yeah it's a di- I, I, when I when I asked you who would you have if you were MK and you'd sacked Manning who would you go for if you'd flip the question back on me, I'd have really struggled to answer it as well, because I think the model right now at League One level is buying an up-and-coming coach from a championship or a Premier League team, isn't it? AKA yeah, yeah. Kieran Mark McKenna Jackson, or Kieran Scott McKenna. Brown yeah. or Duncan Ferguson. And that feels like the the tra- tested path. So yeah, I, I, I'm not sure there's a huge amount of a long list of candidates that you'd go for if you were Wickham. So as I said, it makes sense on paper. Uh, whether Bloomfield's ready for it, I'm sure we'll find out. And did well at Collier, though, didn't he? he did they well were, at Collier, They were in yeah. real trouble before he went in and he kind of stabilised them and they're now pretty comfortably Really out solid away form as well. And given yeah. Wickham excellent at home, yeah. you know, I mean, they're, they're pretty decent home and away, but, you know, if they can get, grind out some wins away even more, then, you know, maybe they can finish even higher than sixth. But it'd be an interesting one there. And worth noting that I think that Gareth Ainsworth and his back, and a couple of his backroom team have gone. Dobson and Hart went as well. Yeah, Hart's and like the chief performance analyst yeah. and Dobson's the, the, the assistant manager, isn't he? Or the assistant first team coach. Well, yeah, so. and depending on who you believe, Ainsworth, it's like Wizard of Oz. 
Ainsworth's the heart. He's the yeah. passion. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely got, he's quite a good tactical mind because he speaks really well as a pundit on Sky. But is it, do you say Dobson is the other guy? Dobson, yeah. Well? Is, is the brains maybe, or has at least got some of the tactical strategy there. So it'll be interesting to see. And Hart as well. How they the replace that. Perfor- he's the head performance analyst. What's he so then? He's, Probably he's got the same role, head performance analyst. So he's oh. kind of, you know, the one that scouts the opposition. Just stomped all over my joke there, didn't you? Um, oh, what was, was your joke? He's probably the humour. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, no. I'm pressing the button. I'm pressing the button. We'll see um, We'll see how we get on next week. Maybe we haven't predicted be our week. result yet. We haven't done ours. Well, we know what. All right. Are Ipswich going to beat MK Dons? Oh, we, we went for the same tune. Oh, no. Tell him Paul went for a MK goal. No. Yeah. Sack Paul for being yeah, disloyal and predicting a. Yeah. I was, to be fair, I was thinking that. There's always a Bradley Johnson long ranger risk. Yeah, but you Maybe you'll pessim- concede a penalty. You were pessimistic last week. You went one nil at home to Forest Green, didn't yeah, you? But, but play the game. Play the game. You know, we all got the score wrong, didn't we? Yeah, but at least gonna, we we were either it was either going to be a marginal squeaky bum match or it was going to be a thrashing like Morecambe. Pessimist. And Pessimist. I will always well, our run hadn't been particularly great, and that was my logic. So you should have gone for the four nil. I would never predict that high on this wow. stupid feature. And Matt got the best prediction, didn't he, last week? He as our guest. Anyway, let's move on, given you love this feature. I can't believe we're still talking about it. Let's um I distracted us, didn't I, with Bloomfield chat. Let's move it on. Thank you again if you've made it this far in the podcast. We appreciate your company. Hopefully, plenty of insights there for your trip. The the mass migration across to Milton Keynes on Saturday. Let us know you're you're listening or watching. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a podcast review. Give us a photo to Twitter. We love that kind of stuff. Give you a retweet as well. But appreciate everyone's time. Appreciate the support of the Greyhounds and Innovation Labs. Blue Monday, ITFC.co.uk for the information you need on social media, on shows. Uh, but do come back um, 8 p.m. on Sunday for the flagship show, talking all about the match. And I think, Seb, apart from that, I'll hand over to you to say goodbye. Thank you again for all of your hard work, too. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you for your research and hosting. Less so on the predictions feature. Enjoy everyone that's going for the bumper 12,000 crowd. We will be outnumbering them, so let's sing loud, enjoy it, and hopefully we've got game two of our 10-game winning run on the horizon. Come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.